We'll be reading again from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 1. Philippians, chapter 1, verse 1. While you're turning, not only is it good to have the Atterberries, and Janice is up here with uh, Becky and Charles back there uh, in our service, but it's good to have Frank Stepp here all the way from Flower Mound, Texas, came to be in our service. He, of course, uh, is with the estate planning uh, conference that we just had uh, and will be, of course, familiar with some of our people in the months to come. Glad that you could... Uh, uh, stay and be at church with us. Thank you for coming back tonight. I know it's spring break and a lot of people are already out of town, but you made the investment to come to church of your time and attention. God will honor you for that, and I pray that God will bless us in our time together. Reading from Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Jesus Christ who are in Philippi, and the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, and that you may approve the things that are excellent, and you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren and the Lord, having become confident in my, by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chain. But the latter out of love, knowing that I am pointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. For I know this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified by my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Let's pray together, please. Thank you for your word, and we thank you for our time together. And Father, we ask that you, as we come and look at your word, that you would give us the message that we need tonight, one that we can take with us, one that we'll remember when we need it the most. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. 
Paul states in verse 6, I am confident that he, God, has begun a good work in you and he will finish it. This morning we looked at the evidence of God's working in the church in the matters of prayer and love and teamwork in the gospel. Now we turn to the accomplishment in the life of the individual because we asked the question when Paul spoke of God doing a good work in you. Was he talking about a good work in you personally or a good work in you as the church? And the answer is yes, it's both. And God has begun a good work in his church. God has begun a good work in this church. But God has also begun a good work in you and me personally. And we want to look at two aspects that are mentioned in this passage of Scripture. We looked at this morning and when it came to our church-wide evidence of God's working and look at the accomplishment of God's working in the uh, issue of prayer and love in the life of the individual. Of course, prayer is introduced here in verse 9. He speaks, of, of course, earlier about his prayer. And he says, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Paul prayed for them. He mentions earlier, I mention you in my prayers. And then he said this in verse 19, he said, I know this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So Paul prayed for them. They prayed for Paul. What did God do in their lives personally? And what was the accomplishment of God working them through prayer? Well, Paul points to a connection between prayer and the Spirit of Christ. And in all English translations, that word spirit is capitalized. Bible scholars, including three prominent Greek scholars, William Barclay, Kenneth Wiest, and Marvin Vincent, all of them attribute this is indeed the Holy Spirit. So he speaks of the supply of the Holy Spirit having been involved with prayer. Now, this actually clarifies a passage of Scripture that has caused some people to ask some questions, and we've explained it a couple of times recently, and we explained it this morning. But uh, turn over to chapter 2, verse 12, and we'll look at this passage again. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And as we mentioned this morning in verse 12, that word work out is a whole different word in the original language than God working in you. The word work out here means to cultivate, to develop. And he says you need to be cultivating and to developing some things. Well, he mentions earlier this aspect of God working in us through prayer and prayer being connected with the Holy Spirit, this word cultivation takes on a whole new meaning now because I want you to look back in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Verse 
just about three pages back or so from where you are. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit. God has begun a good work in you. And he made the connection between God's working and the evidence of that working being prayer. And that prayer can accomplish some things in our life. And then made that connection with the Holy Spirit. Then mentioned something about God working in us, but we should be cultivating some things. And we look at this passage of Scripture, and it all comes full circle. And he says, the fruit of the Spirit... And then it mentions these fruits, and that's an agricultural term, as is cultivate. And he says, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Cultivate these things. These are the fruit of the Spirit. God has begun a good work in you. God is working in you. Now work out that that God has put in you, and that is the Spirit with his fruit, which are mentioned right here. What does it mean to spend a life of prayer and to be a person of prayer? Well, God wants to accomplish some things in our life through prayer, and God is working in our lives through prayers. And through our praying, we can cultivate these fruits of the Spirit. Now, we spoke this morning about the passage of Scripture in the book of James, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We a lot of times think about our praying in what we can pray in here and affect out there. Many times the most effective prayer that we pray doesn't change things out there. It changes everything in here. You see, that's the, the area of prayer and God's working in our life. In this same book, in the book of Philippians, Paul also makes a connection, not just between prayer and the Holy Spirit, but also he points to a connection between prayer and peace. Look in chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, this morning we spoke about the accomplishments when God is working in a church that people hurting hearts find peace, families find peace, troubled minds find peace. When we pray, God is working in our prayer life, we find peace. Did you catch that? In everything, be sure and pray. Because when you pray, the peace of God that's beyond understanding will guard and keep our hearts and minds. We need that. God is at work. And the evidence of God's working is prayer, but also Prayer accomplishes God's work and accomplishes God's work in us. And one of these things that God accomplishes is peace in our heart, regardless of what else we might face. I found an Old Testament anchor, 
A lot of times we, we look at these things in the New Testament and we find an Old Testament anchor of exactly what Paul was talking about when he says God working in us and God working us through prayer and prayer produces peace. But look in the book of Isaiah chapter 26. Verse 12, Isaiah takes a shortcut, and he makes exactly the same point as the Apostle Paul just made to the Philippian Christians. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 12, Lord, you will establish peace for us, for you have also done all our works in us. What, is it? what was he saying? It's not us. It's not our work. You've done it. And what did he say about this? You'll establish peace in us because you're working in us. Paul said, God's begun a good work in you. He'll finish it. And it's God that works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That produces peace. But then let's look at the aspect of love. And love is brought into it in verse 9 as he speaks about prayer. And what was he praying concerning these Christians that he was saying, God's working in you. I pray this, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Knowledge and discernment, of course, is, is important. But he said, I'm praying that your love will abound. Of course, that word love means to continue to develop and increase and improve. So it's a process. And we should be getting more and more loving as the years go on. That's according to the prayer of the Apostle Paul. He said, this is my prayer that you would love more and more. Now, of course, we mentioned this morning the passage of Scripture in the book of John, chapter 13, verse 35, where he said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love for one another. In other words, love is an evidence that God's working in us. But also, love is also accomplishing quite a bit in our lives. Now, now where's the passage of Scripture that tells us what love accomplishes in our life? Well, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. God is working in you. The Apostle Paul said, and the evidence of this working is love. But look at what God's doing through love. In 1 Corinthians 13, and we'll skip down to verse 4. Love suffers long. Now that word is patient. Love is patient and love is kind. Love does not envy Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Is that the kind of heart that we would like to have? Is that the kind of life that we would like to cultivate? God is working in you, the Apostle Paul said. God is working in you according to 
his letter to the Philippians in prayer. God is working in you, evidenced in love, but also by that love, he's accomplishing some things. And when we allow God to work in our lives and love becomes the key factor in determining how we respond and what we do, these things become a reality. And we want to read them again. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. does not seek its own. is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. This verse here really if we don't need anything else, we certainly need this. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's what love can accomplish in our life. God working in you. And when God starts something, he'll finish it, according to the Apostle Paul. Let love have its perfect work in our lives. Is there anything before we close? Let's stand and be dismissed with a word of prayer.